The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You're getting sleepy. Okay, so maybe that's not the best way to start off a show, but it was either that or convince you to cluck like a chicken, which could still happen today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I am your host, Dan Kroll. We are back in the home office this week in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We were off and and out and about last week coming to you from Chicago. We have an interesting show for you this week. We are going to be talking about zombies and hypnosis. Not necessarily in that order. It certainly depends on (laughs) whether or not this week's guests call in to talk to us. But we're going to be talking about the new web series, Acting Dead, which is a dark comedy that takes a look at what happens when actors find it hard to get hired for work and have to take some extreme measures in order to become employed. That's what's going to be coming up in just a bit. But then later in the show, we're going to be joined by an absolute favorite here on the show. You know her from One Life to Live as well as The City and Loving and some other soaps. Catherine Hickland will be here to talk about pretty much everything that she's been up to. And let me tell you, she's been extremely busy. She has an auction, a seminar. She's got some tours where she's going around the country. It should be a lot of fun. That's coming up in the second half of the show. We're also going to be talking a little bit about some of the things that have been going on in the world of pop culture, how they figure in. I've got an interesting rapid fire round this week for our guest, but there are also some other big things going on in the world of soaps that you may want to go over to soapcentral.com and check out. The first of the Emmy reels have been released by Natus. The Outstanding Younger Actor clips are up on soapcentral.com and you can go and take a peek and find out what this year's Emmy nominees have submitted. That is always fun. So you can weigh in and see if your favorites submitted good reels or who you think is going to win. That's all stuff that's going on there. But as I said, we do have a really interesting show for you this week. If you are listening to our live broadcast and want to take part in the show, please feel free to call in at 866-472-5788. If for some reason you cannot get to the phone, maybe you're running away from a zombie, you can always join in the fun on Twitter at Soap Central or at Soap Central Live. We also have a live discussion thread on our Facebook page. Search for soapcentral.com on Facebook or just go to facebook.com slash soapcentral and you can join in the fun. But we're going to get on with today's show because uh, 
you know, sometimes when I do research for the show, I, I do a lot of thinking and seeing, you know, what can we do to make it interesting? But it occurred to me that, you know, actors aren't the only ones that have to call on their acting skills on a regular basis. Sometimes just in order to get by, all of us have to do a little bit of acting, you know, the pretending to like your in-laws or pretending that your kids burnt grilled cheese is the best food that you ever had or you know, maybe even applauding politely when someone else wins the award or lands the big promotion. But most of us have limits on exactly what we'll do in that situation and we don't go overboard. But that's not the case, though in the new web series called Acting Dead. It's online now, and they're about to get into the second half of the season. But if you have missed any of it or want to know what it's all about, we're going to be talking about it today with the stars, two of the stars of the series. Brian Beacock has been here before. He plays Tate in Acting Dead. Brian, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm glad to have you. We also have uh, your co-star who has also been here it's sort of like a family reunion we have jillian claire who plays alex jillian welcome back to soap central live hi thanks so much i'm glad to have both of you here uh just to let you know a little bit about what we do we're sort of doing this rapid fire round it's a, a sort of a segue into the discussion so i came up with some interesting discussion topics for both of you we're going to start with brian on this one zombies i'm told i have no first-hand evidence of this but they love 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 eating brains so brian i'm wondering what's the most unusual thing you've ever eaten Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, when I was in fourth grade, I did have uh, Rocky Mountain Oysters. Ooh, okay. Uh, I, I do. <laughs> Apparently we all yeah. do. But for the listeners who are not quite uh, familiar, perhaps they haven't been to places, you know, events and balls that might serve this sort of food, what are they? <laughs> nice play on words. Um, they're testicles, and I believe they're sheep, but maybe they're bull. I'm I'm I, not that up on on my Rocky Mountain Oyster trivia, but yeah, that's the weirdest thing I had. And it was actually at a school event. We had Nutrition Day every Friday in fourth grade, and that's what we ate. One, so maybe I don't know. Maybe I should call child services. I don't know. I'm thinking this is why they're phasing out arts and entertainment in the schools. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want kids eating bull testicles in school. Um, yeah. Jillian, what about you? What's on your list of uh, most unusual foods that you've ever eaten? Um, I don't I don't know my most unusual. I've always been very picky with the food that I eat. Um, Smart girl. I, I am too. I once ate a bison um, and I didn't know I was eating it until my friend told me afterwards that she had ordered bison for me. And I kind of just looked at her like, really? I just, what? Like, I almost was completely disgusted with myself. Would you have, before they told you, did you notice that there was a difference? Did you, you know, start eating it and thinking this doesn't taste quite like a regular hamburger or, or whatever it was? Um, well, since that, I've given up red meat, but I don't... Um, I don't know. I didn't eat red meat all that often. So for me, it just it didn't like click in my head that it tasted any different. Okay, that's probably the way to go. I, I'm thinking now the best way for me, I'm like you, Jillian, I'm extremely picky. The best way would be for someone not to tell me what they're giving me to eat and just hope yeah. that I like it. That would probably be the best way to go. 
I don't know. I mean, I got I went to a Moroccan restaurant um, a couple times. It's actually owned by Ryan Gosling, and it's a great restaurant. But I had no idea what I was eating the entire time. But it was really good. <laughs> I I think I'd be more adventurous with desserts. I'm more inclined to not turn down a dessert than I would be a main dish. I'm I'm very picky well, with that. But the way that they did this at this restaurant was it was an eight course meal, and you you didn't really get to choose what you wanted. So it was just you go along with what they're making that night, and then you just deal with it. All right. But well, speaking of dealing with things, uh, Ryan, sometimes. You know, sometimes the most unexpected things happen in the most unexpected places. We saw all over social media earlier in the week that sometimes you can go into an elevator and all hell will break loose. So being up by the lawn. Well, we're not we're protecting the innocent by not mentioning names, Jillian. But yeah. now that you put it out there, I mean, uh, it's everywhere. <laughs> Shut up on my Tumblr. Come on now. <laughs> so. I'm curious, Brian, and Jillian, you'll have time since uh, to think of your own, but has anything unusual ever happened to you in an elevator, Brian? Uh, no. It, well, not unusual. I'm sure it's happened to a lot of people, but I have been stuck in an elevator for, it must have only been five minutes, but to me, it was the towering inferno. It was the end of the world. I was down somewhere on Wilshire, and I think it was for an audition, and it was an old, rickety, you know, old building. And um, th- there was no phone, like the, the little door where the phone was. The phone was missing. And I kept pressing the button, the emergency button, didn't make any sound. And I thought that was the end of the end of my life. I must have looked like a maniac when the door finally opened. I have been trapped in an elevator on three different occasions, which is why I take the stairs. But Jillian, what about you? Have you ever <laughs> been accosted by a, a celebrity's famous sister in an elevator or anything else crazy? Uh, no, I was in a I was in a um, elevator once when I was like eight years old when we had just moved down here. I think with Sharon Stone once that happened. She's very nice. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, she did not attack me like Solange does. Uh, and let's see. I don't know. I've never really had an unusual experience. There's always that weird awkwardness that you can't really explain in elevators and the, oh, you're going to the ninth floor, huh? Yeah, I'm going to the 10th. It's just like really weird. That's usually me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I got, I used to get stuck in my old apartment's elevator all the time, and so I finally just learned to just, you know, take stairs. That's an interesting now that we've, the three of us have all expressed that we've been trapped in elevators. For the folks who are listening, if you have ever been trapped in an elevator, or if you've ever experienced anything interesting or crazy in an elevator, tweet us at Soap Central or at Soap Central Live. Let us know. Uh, we'll read along as we're, we're going through the rest of the interview, but just curious to see if anyone else has any interesting elevator experiences other than maybe being caught singing along to some of the Kenny G elevator music, which I've also <laughs> been known to do on occasion. I mean, so- I just keep waiting for my McDreamy to trap me in an elevator and tells me he loves me like Grey's Anatomy and it's just not happening. But you know when that happens, Jillian, that also means that 10 years later, perhaps your best friend will be written out of the show to take on a job in Switzerland. And then all of a sudden, I'm just going to be really upset because for whatever reason, my husband is now working for the freaking president. (laughs) There are worse things to be working for. I mean, he could be a hooker. I don't know. I'm just thinking. (laughs) That's true. That's true. 
<laughs> For those of you out there, of course, if you watch Grey's Anatomy, you can also tweet along and, and let us know your thoughts on Christina leaving as well. We are going to venture into uncharted territory with other discussion here, but we want to get to the heart of why you guys are here today and talk about Acting Dead, which uh, I sort of teased it at the beginning in the intro that sometimes people have to go to extreme measures in order to get things done, and that's sort of the the premise of Acting Dead. So, Brian, for folks who are not familiar, who maybe they didn't catch the last appearance when we did a a pre-launch party, and for whatever reason they haven't checked Acting Dead out yet, which they really need to, give us a little bit of a rundown on what this web series is about and, I guess more importantly, why people should tune in. Well, it's uh, it's a really funny, crazy take on, on the zombie horror genre, and it's, it's kind of this new Los Angeles world where uh, zombie TV shows and movies are kind of taking over, which is not unlike the way things are right now. And um, actors in L.A. are having trouble getting cast which is also not unlike the way it is now. Um, and Tate, the, the lead character in the show who I play, uh, can't even get cast as an extra in a zombie movie. I mean, part of that is because, you know, there's so many people out there trying to get work, and part of it is the fact that maybe he's just not that good an actor. So there's a company called Flatline Inc., which is run by Carolyn Hennessy, uh, who's phenomenal. And uh, it's the place that takes actors and makes them watch you know, 24, 36 hours of bad 1980s and 90s sitcoms, television, and turns them essentially into living zombies. So they're more likely to be cast as zombies because they have become zombies. So that's kind of the world. It's it's all these people living in Los Angeles, going about their day as zombies, working in the entertainment industry. It, I guess it kind of is a, a parallel of how I feel... LA is a little bit of satirical look at it, but it's really funny. It's crazy. It's, you know, we've got brain eating, of course, you know, you need to have the requisite brain eating, but it's, it's a comedy kind of like uh, parks and rec arrested development meets uh, Shaun of the dead. It's a good sort of, of way to put it. I, you know, there are other shows that on television that I sort of flock to. And one of the things that I love is sort of the, Fighting humor in all of it, stuff that, you know, maybe the people don't take themselves too seriously or they're, they're willing to be critical of others. You know, that's sort of sometimes snarky bit. One of the things that caught me in, I think, the first three seconds of watching the first episode of Acting Dead was that uh, Patrika Darbo had a travel agent sign and the travel <laughs> was uh, crossed out with a Sharpie and she put talent agent. I mean, that's funny to me. Uh, you know, yeah. things that maybe aren't right in your face. I appreciate that. And that's you know, our set decorators and stuff and uh, were really great about things like that. In fact, they, they did things that I didn't even know that were happening. Uh, that nameplate I had ordered months ago because it's it's a character trait that I had come up with, Patrika, her character, uh, Margot Mullen. And um, I still have, in fact, I'm looking at that nameplate right now. I kept it for my desk. Um, but I love things like that, too. It's the little things. You either get it and you see it or you don't. But I think if a show is filled with things like that, it's just it's a little bit richer and um, there's also new things that you discover when you go back and look at it again. We have uh, someone else. We're going to go to Jillian in a second because I have a, an interesting question that I'm, I'm hoping that she has a, a wacky tale for. If not, I'm sure, Brian, you do as well. But we want to bring in one of your co-stars. We have Christine, who is on hold. She is in Acting Dead. We want to bring her in. Christine, welcome to Soap Central Live. 
Hi, guys. Nice to hear from you. Well, thank hey, you Christine. for being here. Hello, hello. Hi, Brian. <laughs> it's uh, Christine Lakin. She's phenomenal in the show. Phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Yes, I play... Um, I was really excited to be a part of Acting Dead. I thought it was a really funny premise and concept, and it's definitely that sort of satirical look at Los Angeles and the entertainment industry and how, you know, people will do anything to get in the movies, to get in the pictures, as you say. Uh, so, you know, they asked me to come in and play a snarky casting director, and I, I've never had an experience with a snarky casting director. So, um, you know, it was really fun for me to sort of step into those shoes. Um, and I think I tell Brian just flat out, you're just not dead enough. It's just, it's not working for me. Um, so yeah, in this world where, you know, everybody and their mother is trying to be basically the, the deadest person alive, <laughs> even, even this woman can find fault with people's deadness, which I found hilarious. Well, Christine, so, you mentioned that, you know, in Hollywood, people are willing to do anything to get into, into the, the pictures and the, and, the, and the television and all of that other stuff. Have you ever done anything extreme? Have you ever gone to any extreme measures to try to land a part or for an audition? Oh, I mean, sure. I think, you know, I, I started a storytelling show in Los Angeles called Worst Audition Ever, because for that very fact, I think <laughs> as actors and artists, we're constantly putting ourselves out there, and how much is too much? You don't know until you actually do it, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that was the line, got it, cross it, got it, okay. Um, but, you know, I think, we're, I think that's part of the job, is to be vulnerable and a little crazy, and, you know, to really get into a role, and sometimes it totally pays off, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, it's like my friends and I always say, you know, how, especially when you're going in for like a specific part, do you, do you dress in a doctor's outfit? Do you just wear something that sort of suggests that you're a doctor? You know, we always laugh at like, especially with commercial auditions, because it says, please come in a full clown suit. You better guarantee that 90% of the people there will be in a full clown suit. And I'm like, where are they pulling these things out from? You know, it's hilarious, but it, it is sort of the world, it's sort of the world we live in, sure. Um, you don't want to be left with green hair and no eyebrows because you went yeah. all in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, for me specifically, I do remember I auditioned for a, uh, a musical where I was supposed to be a hooker. And, um, you know, I, I put on a very revealing, gross, slutty outfit that a girl like that would wear. And... I had to walk down the La Cienega Boulevard with a trench coat on because I obviously <laughs> could wear, like, a bra and fishnets and, like, these little boy shorts and heels walking around. And then I just felt like some weird flasher person <laughs> walking down the side of the road with, you know, a trench coat, getting ready to, like, peep it out and go in on my audition. Um, I mean, I guess it went really well. I, I didn't get the job, but I got very close. So at least it didn't totally backfire, but still. There you have it. <laughs> that's, that's what that got me. Close. <laughs> Any other interesting tales from the rest of you of uh, maybe an overzealous attempt for an audition? <laughs> um, well, I don't know about overzealous, but I did a film a couple of years ago called The Kitchen where uh, I played a total uh, Phoebe from Friends type of character. And I decided that the only way I was going to book this is if I went in as the character so that they knew that I was the character, even though I completely am not. And um, I ended up booking it. And so I, I had to call my manager and be like, what, what, do I, uh, what do I do now? Because they think I'm absolutely insane. 
So I, I finally showed them my true colors, and they're like, oh, so you tricked us all. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just really like this role. And they're like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It was good. <laughs> and Brian? Well, you know, my, the, the web series I did before Acting Dead was called uh, McCracken Live, and I play two characters, but one of them is Carol Ann McCracken, who is, you know, a, a, a woman with very large, yellow, crazy, curly hair. And I can't tell you how many auditions my agent would get me to go audition as Carol Ann McCracken. So I have, I mean, I've, I've walked down every street in Los Angeles in, you know, six-inch heels, and I've been on the, the uh, Paramount lot with the tram going by, and I'm, you know, struggling with the terrible tight-fitting costume and big boobs. And, I mean, and for a while there, when Carol Ann was hot and my agents thought it was funny to send me the, on those auditions, I was getting two or three a month. So, uh, boy, it was crazy. Sometimes it paid yeah, off, and funny. sometimes it was, yeah, it was just awful. One day was an audition on Halloween, so I didn't really worry about it that much that day. <laughs> Speaking of things paying off, we, of course, have to make note of Jillian winning Best Supporting Actress in a Drama in the ISI, the fifth annual ISI, for her role in Clutch. Jillian, congratulations. Thank you. So did you get to give a, an acceptance speech? Well, you know, is there anyone, I, of course... I did. Anyone yeah, that you I, forgot to thank? I don't think so. I, I'm really, like, anal when it comes to things, and my OCD takes them. So I had written out everybody that I needed to thank just in case I had won because I didn't want to be that person who, like, first has to tweet about it or something. So I made sure that I got everyone. It was just a total shock. I still to this day have no idea, like, what I actually said. I just know that I read all the names on the paper. Well, that's the first step, I suppose, right? I mean, you, you said what you needed <laughs> yeah. to say. That's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I got the people who I need to thank out, so that's good. <laughs> I've never had to thank anyone for anything, except at the end of the year when we do our, our year in review show here. So let's, something, I guess we'll let everybody have the opportunity. Brian, in this project, obviously putting together something like Acting Dead, there are a lot of people who make this happen. Are there any folks that you would like to take this opportunity to say thank you for their work in the project? I mean, we had 95 people in the show, and each and every one of them deserves a huge thank you. It was a a huge project. I mean, my my co-producer, Susan Bernhardt, um, was instrumental in making it happen. She was with me from the very, very beginning, and literally the show would not happen without her. Um, my other producer, Paul Migro, helped us a lot creatively and financially and support-wise. He's also in the show. And, um, and of course, the, the talent, you know, Jillian and, and Christine and, and, and everybody else, Sean Kane and Eric Martsoff and uh, Patrika and, and uh, um, Carolyn Hennessy, John J. York, like, they, they, of course, did favors, you know what I mean? They're, they're all working in the business and they're making for the most part, you know, showbiz money. And they did not make showbiz money when they worked for us. And they came on board because they liked the project and they're either friends of mine or friends of Susan's. And um, the show really gained a lot of, number one, clout by having their names. But they were all so good that the show just soared. The show is what it is because of those people. And um, I'm really proud of it. I'm really happy with the way it's going and I'm excited about season two, and I would bring everybody back if they're willing to come. 
That sounds like an invitation, no, Brian, Christine. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Christine. <laughs> Except for Christine, because she's of course. She's so mean. I would, <laughs> I would love to come back and do more. Uh, I've never had so much fun being so snotty. I mean, you, you can imagine that. So, <laughs> no, I think it's really great. I mean, uh, I produce a web series myself as well, and I, I know what goes into it. And I, it was uh, it was a real pleasure working on this one. It was so well organized, and you know, I think the product you guys got is is really tremendous. And you know, a lot goes into it. This is really like this new sort of era of independent content and television. I think is really exciting. And to watch people, um, you know, get their friends and, and, you know, be able to hire really great, really great people uh, to come in and, and do a day. And you see it's a real collaborative effort. And that's, that's, what all, that's what I like to see. I think that always makes things a little more interesting and definitely doable. So that's sort of the Wild West of where we are right now. You mentioned yeah. really great people, Christina, and you know when I think of really great people, there is one of them who is actually on the line right now. The wonderful Carolyn Hennessy is joining us. Yay. Well, hello everyone. Is that the delightful Miss Lori Allen speaking? Was that Lori? Uh, Christine no, Lakin. It's, it's Christine Lakin, but I know I know Lori Allen. And oh that's my gosh, nice you know, you compared to her voice. Have- you have, you have no similar voice. And I, and I came into this fabulous party just a little while ago, so I didn't know who it was. <laughs> Forgive me. Well, everyone's wonderful on acting, Jeff, so, you know, there you go. You missed the tough questions, though, Carolyn, while you were away. You missed the uh, what's the most unusual thing you've ever eaten question, so we'll let you weigh in on that quickly. Holy mackerel. Uh, the most unusual thing I've ever eaten... Well, gosh, I wish you'd all prepared me for this one because I'm such a foodie, but I think I just, uh, huh. Um, I did try, I did try one of the chocolate covered crickets. I have had a chocolate covered cricket. Yeah, yeah, I did. I had one of those ages ago, ages ago, and I think it was like sort of, you know, contraband on Oliver Street somewhere. I think I, I think that, that's, that's where I had it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's really unusual. <laughs> That isn't uh, related to my husband. No, I don't think. Uh, I think. I think. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay, well, so we'll go. give you a, another second on that. I just have to quick flip it back over to Jillian. Chocolate covered crickets. You're the also someone who is a little particular with food. Would that have been something you would eat? The, no, no. You know, somebody would have to pay me to eat that. I just couldn't do it. There's just no way. How much are we talking? I try. I mean, I would try like escargot if I'm in. I mean, I didn't do it when I was in Paris last time, but if I go back, I will do it just because it's a culture type of thing. But I, people, you'd have to pay me a lot of money to eat a cricket, or or, or get her very drunk. Very yeah, <laughs> that that could happen. That that would work as well because I I wouldn't remember it, and I'd probably just be like. You know that person is always like, yeah, let's try it. I'm totally down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the tough, the, the, the most odd thing I've ever eaten sober is a different question than the most odd thing I've ever eaten uh, about like 14 years ago. <laughs> so, you know, just saying. Okay, and I guess the other thing that you missed out on, and uh, now that I think about it, Christina's missed out on this one as well, but Carolyn, is what's the most unusual thing that's ever happened to you in an elevator? Has anyone ever 
you know, randomly just decided to start throwing their phone at you, as we saw earlier on uh, TMZ. Anything crazy? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. No, I have not been a Jay-Z, you know, I've not been a victim like Jay-Z. Um, uh, probably just someone who I know very, very well, who shall remain nameless, just letting a big one rip, a big old uh, passing of gas rip out and then convulsing hysterically while the rest of us were being, essentially being smothered. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the most, I think, unusual thing. Um, I don't know. I had a guy who didn't hold an elevator door for me, and I get on the elevator, and uh, I don't say a word, and he looks at me, he says, you don't have to be a bitch about it, and then I kind of went off on it. So that might be uh, that might be unusual. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that. Like, well, wow, okay, hi. I mean, because I, I guess I don't have real tolerance for uh, somebody who's going to um, do something horrible and then lay the blame on me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the tough thing. It's also like holding a door, uh, you know, anywhere where you're walking in. There's that line of, am I holding the door too soon and waiting for someone to have to hurry to catch up so I'm holding it for them? Do I not hold it for them and, be, you know, be labeled the bitch or the rude person? But the elevator door, that's also a tough one, guys. I mean, it's Brian, if you don't you know, hold it open. Because you can stick your hand in the middle of it, but then really, then it's you doing it for yourself. And, and where's the chivalry in that? That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's about chivalry. It's about zombies. I want to make sure, Brian, that you give folks who are listening an opportunity to know where they need to go and what they need to do in order to check out Acting Dead because there are uh, great episodes that are already there, but there are still more coming down the pike. Yes, in fact, there's a very special episode featuring the one and only Karen, Caroline Hennessy starting next Tuesday. We're very excited Uh-oh. about. Um, they can go to actingdead.com and uh, click on the episodes page, and that will direct them to jts.tv, or they can just go to jts.tv. But actingdead.com is the easy way. It also shows you a bunch of character bios and about the show and photos and merchandise. It's a really, really great website. Uh, They can also follow us on Twitter at Acting Dead and like us on Facebook at Acting Dead. And there's a bunch of cool stuff coming up. Um, We're going to start to do... uh, Comic-Cons and web festivals and a bunch of stuff, so they should come on board and become part of our family. I want to go to Comic-Con. I'm just throwing my hat in the ring for that right now. Right? <laughs> I Who want to go to Comic-Con. Never, I've never been to Comic-Con. I'm Me neither. Me neither. It's, in, it's insane. It's insane. It's, insane. It's, it's really fun, but it is crazy. You, you only want to go as a guest. i tell you that much. Oh, okay. It yeah. sounds like we need a road trip. On a panel. Yeah, yes. trip. But can I, I like wear my idea. Princess Leia outfit? <laughs> I think if you don't, they'll look at you strangely. So yes, bring it. Okay, good. Because that I is can, actually I a really good really hold s- back for a while. That's a really good segue for us leading into commercial break and coming back on the other side because we have a connection to Carrie Fisher, who will be Uh-oh. visiting with us on the other side of the commercial. But I want to thank. Brian, Christine, Jillian, Carolyn, thank you so much for coming by to talk about Acting Dead. I appreciate it. We're going to make sure that everybody goes to check it out because, you know, what's not funny about eating brains? Thank you. All right, gang, stay tuned because we will be back on the other side when the force may or may not be with us. Stay tuned because Soap Central Live will be right back.
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I am still your host, Dan Kroll. You know, it's been over a year since my next guest was last here with us on the show, but that does not mean that she hasn't been keeping busy. You may have heard uh, a lot of various celebrities described as being the hardest working people in show business, but as an auction planner, a celebrity hypnotist, a motivational speaker, a mini zoo caretaker, a wife, an entrepreneur, Catherine Hicklin surely is somewhere right at the top of that list. I'm so glad that she's back. Cat. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. Ah, Dan Kroll, I'm so happy to be here right now. This is, it's always a pleasure to have you here. It always, you know, seems like so many people just brighten up when they find out that you're going to be on the show because it's, it's great having someone who is so positive, who's so filled with love and wants to share all of that with us. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, life can be uh, challenging and, and um, if you don't have that light and if you don't learn how to light your own light and you know it's uh it's um a little bit harder i think you know so that's where my direction has gone career-wise that's where my direction has gone in my show and my hypnosis show and i honestly think that that is why i work all the time is because i have a show that really helps people to find their light and um, I love what I do so much. And, you know, I love people so much. And it's not just feel like at last my talents are perfectly suited to my heart's desire. So it's what I want to share with people and teach them how to find it for themselves. 
You know, when we talk about this finding the light, you know, we were going to get to it, but I think it's a perfect time to just go right into it in this interview now. Everybody at some point in their life has felt the blahs. I'm sure that's not a technical term recognized by any <laughs> official therapy group, but the blah. I mean, that just that sums it up for everybody. And, you know, whether it's you're feeling that your life isn't going in the right direction or that, you know, men slash women are jerks and, you know, you're, you're never going to find someone or, you know, just life is all around uh, maybe against you. One of the things that you are doing that you mentioned is that you're – trying to, you know, help people know that they can get their fire back. So you're having a very special seminar coming up in June, the 14th and the 15th, that I wanted to talk about so people can know how they can go about uh, attending the seminar, what they need to know, because, you know, let's face it, being blah is, is one of the worst places to be. And it's always great when someone is there wanting to help you out of it, wanting to shine the light back on you. Yeah, well, you know, it's really true, and that's exactly what why I call it Get Your Fire Back, and I, my second book is called Get Your Fire Back, and that's coming out, what month are we in, May? June, we are in May. September, yeah. It's coming out in October, and um, and it's really uh, something that I, I'm super passionate about, because, yeah, I, everybody knows what it feels like to have that what you're calling the blahs, and... Um, and what that is is, you know, you feel empty, you feel tired, you feel bored, not bored in the traditional sense, but, you know, frustrated because you don't know what it is you're here to do and you, you want to just do something new or maybe you just want to do something or you, you want to feel better about yourself or, uh, you know, be a better everything. And and that's, um you know, we get bogged down in the life stuff and, and that's real easy to do. So... You know, as as a person that's been studying the mind and how it works and all that for the last eight solid years, I mean, that is something that I just love teaching because it is all, it, you know, in your mind and it is, uh, uh, there is a way to change it and, the, and it's not difficult. It is simply that we're not taught these skills in school. We're not taught these skills by our parents because no one taught them those those things. So... It is such a joy for me to open my home in Vegas where I have a beautiful teaching facility there. I have a theater we've built there, and I've been teaching for the last, oh, I'd say nine months or so. Um, and, you know, I, I keep it small. I don't take more than 30 people at a time because it's a, it's a group, but it's one-on-one, -on -one and it's intimate, and everybody there, you know, has a great time, and it's in Las Vegas. And it and you do leave in two days. It's a weekend, and you do leave different than when you get there. You leave different than when you got there. It's fantastic. For folks who are listening along, that is getyourfireback.com. We'll be talking more about that in the next, oh, 20 minutes or so. But I know, Kat, one of the f best parts about doing this show, and certainly one that you've experienced as well in doing your own show, is that People call in and they want to talk and they want to share in the love. And we have a caller from Maryland, Trisha, who has a question for you. Trisha, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi, Catherine. Hi. Hey, Trisha. What is going on? Oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm a big fan of yours, and I've been a fan for a long time. I love your makeup. I love everything you do. My question uh, is, is this Trisha done? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You see, I, Dan, here's the greatest part about Facebook. Um, I know people that I've never met before. Mm -hmm. I know what Trisha looks like because of her profile picture. I know oh. Trisha's because of Facebook. 
and because we talk to each other. Now, this is something really fantastic because this is not something that we had just a few short years ago, you know. So it's nice to meet you, Tricia. Oh, it's nice to meet you, too. I'm glad to talk to you. You, too. Tell me what's up with you. Okay, I wanted to ask you a question. My sister, um, she's visually impaired. She's blind. And she wanted to know, I don't know what kind of, if this is a dumb question or not, would you be able to hypnotize someone that was blind just by the sound of your voice and you know how you'll shake the arm? Would that be possible to do that to someone that couldn't see? Absolutely. And, by the way, there are no stupid questions, and, and uh, that's how we learn. And um, the the fact of the matter is, yes. So what you know, what she has one of her senses that are that is missing. So it, it to make up for that, she has all other her other senses which become more heightened. And uh-huh. hypnosis is definitely something because what do I ask people to do? I ask people to take a deep breath in, and I ask them to take a breath out, and I ask them to close their eyes. So you see, at that moment, that when they close their eyes, that they, they go, they're going to go into their mind, and they're going to relax it, and they're going to go into a very, very high state of relaxation because I want them to focus only on me. So you see, it doesn't really matter if you have your sight or not. It's mm-hmm. probably even more relaxing and, and as effective, definitely. I mean, it's oh, a really that's... great thing. Oh, well, that's good. I'll tell her because she's sitting here with me right now. Her name is Ellen. Yeah. Hi, Alan. Yeah. Well, this is great. What could I ask real quick? Just because I know that that the uh, you know that they um, probably have a few other people that they want to talk to. Patricia, what is it that she would like to change or um, use hypnosis for? Uh, you mean for Ellen? Um, well, I don't know. I think she like to have like more peace of mind, like to have like a more positive attitude, like when things go wrong in your life. Like me too. The things that go wrong in your life, instead of saying, "Oh, this is awful," think of the upside. I have problems with that too myself. Like, like making like, giving somebody like a hypnotic suggestion, like, "Well, you can think of this or think of that when things go wrong." Always think of the upside. I need something, and that's what I think my sister needs too. Something like that. Right. Well, you know, we we call that uh, using your happy place because um, there's a time in our life that made us feel really good and a time in our life where everything felt right and a time in our life where we didn't feel stressed. Right. And um, and so you know that's a that's a great place to go. And all you have to do really, if you if if you're not if I'm, you're by yourself, is really I'm serious. You just take a nice deep breath and you t- and you breathe out. And when you breathe in, you think about taking in relaxing. Uh, bre- relaxation inside your breath into your body when you breathe out you deep breathe and then when you breathe out you're breathing out tension and stress so you do that three times and on the third time you close your eyes and as you close your eyes you just just relax you know let your body begin to feel that because you know we don't breathe and so when you get right. someone to deep breathe three times and close their eyes right there you kind of turn the volume down on life and right. then you go where you want to go in your mind. You go where you want to go, not where you are. You have to get out of your thinking mind, and it's not really that hard. Right. So, but the rest of it is all skill set, you know, as far as learning how to change the place you're in in your mind, right. you know, learning what it is that you do that's, that keeps you from going there, right. stopping, you know, the tapes playing in your head over and over, the same, you know, dialogue, mm-hmm. and the chatter, you know, that's really the thing. And then, right. and then once you learn how to do that, you have to re, you know, learn to redirect your thoughts and redirect your, your excitement 
and and um, change the way that you're thinking. And and this is what we do for those two days. So yes, it's absolutely possible. It is not difficult, and right. that's why in two days I can I can really help people a great deal. Right. Thank you so much, Trisha, for calling in. Oh well, thank you so much, and thank Thanks, you, Kevin. Thanks, Trisha. Good to hear your voice and meet you. Oh, you too. It's a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. You know, one of the things that, that comes up, and I'm sure the show will come with an asterisk that lets people know that this is not intended to be any uh, advice that they shouldn't uh, you know, consult your physician. But I say all that to say a lot of people want to take something if they're feeling down or if they're feeling blue or maybe they feel that they need to. Uh, you know, yeah. if times are blue. It, it's, it's much easier to, you know, pop a pill and, and hope that that gets you through. But in some cases, again... Talk to your physicians before you take any of our advice. I didn't finish medical school. It's not always the case. That's true, but, you know, it's interesting you should say that because often after I do a show, especially at a big state fair, and, you know, people come, you know, bring their, their teenagers back and, and to, to meet me, and they want me to help with them because they're ha- going through some hard time or they're having trouble in school or, you know, and sometimes I'll sit and talk to, to people, whether they're teenagers or whether they're 20s or 30s or 40s and up, and it's really interesting because sometimes I, I meet people that are, that do need help. I can help to a certain degree, but you know, they, they, they have a clinical issue. I mean, they literally have depression or anxiety. And yes, yes, I can help them with that, but there are people whose brain chemistry is altered for some reason or another. And because parents don't want to, put their kids on things because they don't want to have that stigma attached to it. Sometimes I have to say, you need to go see a doctor because this, you know, after I spend 45 minutes talking to to somebody, it's pretty easy for me to see what's self-inflicted and what is situational as opposed to something that, where the, the person is in real pain because they can't get out of that feeling because their serotonin levels are, are not high enough and, and that sort of thing. So, yes, there's a lot of people taking stuff that shouldn't and, and some people that should take and don't. So it's, but it's complicated in as much as it takes, it, you know, you, you really have to know what you're looking for when you talk to somebody like that. And I do work with doctors and I get prescribed by doctors to, to patients who have personality disorders and whatnot. And that's the only way I ever work with people that have serious issues like that is that their doctor prescribed me as they would any, you know, a drug. So it's, um, it's true. You know, I mean, going to see a doctor is important, but I always tell people to try to, to take the alternate route first. Something else that is helpful, and I believe that there have been scientific studies that prove this, is that pets and animals can be great stress relievers. I know that a lot of colleges now bring in dogs so that the students can go out and and pet the dogs and play with the dogs during final exams. And if that's the case, Kat, you must really have a stress-free life because you have your own little miniature zoo. Matt Damon doesn't need to buy a zoo. You have a zoo. I know. When I saw that movie, I turned to my husband and I'm like, my God, this is the story of our life because we have so many animals. But, you know, there's three that travel with us, and right now I'm on the road. So we're the motorhome, and we have a ferret, a parrot. No, we have do- uh, my rooster and the dog, and then us. And But you know what? As much responsibility as it is to have pets, they do make you feel better. 
and and uh, the rooster pretty much good. It's a pocket rooster. I don't know if you've seen him on my Facebook page, but he's he's magic. I mean, I took him to the um, Debbie Reynolds auction preview party uh, night before last, just because he likes being in my arms more than he likes being anywhere. And I, and that, so I brought him with me inside to the party, and uh, it was remarkable. I mean, at 200 people, every single time someone turned around and looked at him, this big smile came across their face. And, you know, it was interesting because there were a lot of celebrities there, and they were coming over to me and asking me a million questions about him, and they wanted to touch him, and they, you know, and I just saw him change their chemistry on the spot, and it was really fantastic. And, and my mother-in-law was like, I never thought that a chicken would make a great pet, but she's crazy in love with him. And so, you know, it doesn't even have to be a traditional pet. It's it's just, you know, because it's the love that you're feeling. And love does make us happier. It, and it doesn't have to be love from a, a man or a woman, or it doesn't have to be. It, it's just, you know, that wonderful feeling of being needed and needing a, a some, something, you know, and getting that love exchange. And I think that's why pets make people feel better. Not many people travel with a rooster. I dare say I don't know anybody that travels with a rooster except me. Last Does... year it was the chicken, and, uh, you know, I would take the geese and everything else, but they don't really have the travel. They're, they're, they don't have the portability, you know. They're, they're messy. Chicken is, is, is easy, and the rooster is awesome. And if you haven't seen him, everybody, go to my Facebook page. He's all over that thing. So, uh, you know... Actually, Dan, he, he, he walked the red carpet and he made all kinds of... <laughs> I, I swear to you, I saw him on all these news feeds, entertainment tonight. I, would, I was just like, oh my God, my rooster is going to be famous. I mean, do they ask when the, when the rooster walks the red carpet, do they ask, who are you wearing? I'm guessing not. <laughs> That's a really great question, but I, I, I had him out in the, um, in the motorhome outside, and they literally said, where's your chicken? And I said, oh, uh, he's out in the, um, he's in the motorhome, and they said, well, could you go get him? I mean, they requested the presence of my chicken. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy, but I, I mean, I have him because he makes me happy, and apparently I didn't realize how happy he was going to make everybody else, too. That'd be my worst fear, being upstaged by a, a barnyard animal. But we have another caller. We're short on time, so we're going to quick bring in Brian from Georgia. Brian, you only have uh, maybe about 10 seconds for your question or so, but welcome back hey. to Soap Central Live. Hey, Thank wait a minute. You, uh, is this hey, Brian, hey, uh, Brian Bond? It's your friend from Facebook. It's not Brian Franz, no. Uh, no, he's not, not Brian Franz. Uh, oh, God. Brian, I, I'm going to blow up on the spot. Brian Bond from Facebook. I just, You're I just Brian want to say Vaughan. hey to you. I, th- I talk to you about Vaughan. your animals all the time. Yeah. I know. See, I, isn't that weird, Dan? I swear yes. I'm getting to be, like, I can read people. <laughs> you know, I knew it was Brian Vaughn because Brian Vaughn is another person that I've met on Facebook that I've never met in person. We never have had a conversation. But, you know, I, it's just, um, I, I'm, I'm in so much close contact with everybody on my Facebook page that, you know, Brian, it's great to meet you. I'm I'm glad to hear your voice. It's I know it we don't have any time, but I want you to know that that I know who you are, I know what you look like, and I'm so happy that you called in. Thank you, and uh, I wish I wish you the best of luck on your uh tour you're doing right now, going around the world with the hypnotics and stuff. Yeah, it's fun and I love it and I get to meet so many of you because on tour everybody comes out and it's just 
we just have such a blast. Brian, real quick before I, we, we go, gotta, where do you, what, gotta, what part of the world are you in? I'm from uh, Georgia. Right, and is that where you live now? Uh, yes, yes, ma'am. Oh, oh I'm not going to be in Georgia this year. But you, you know what? Maybe next year, and I would love to meet you in person one day. Okay, that that would be great, and uh, I love I love your rooster. That's it's awesome. <laughs> I know. Thank you. I love you that you love my yeah. rooster. Thanks so much. You're Have welcome. a good one, Brian. Be well. Thank you, okay, Brian. Okay, bye bye. We mentioned uh, that there is going to be a major, and and I do mean major in all sense of the words auction of Hollywood memorabilia starting Mm -hmm. tomorrow and Sunday from the wonderful Debbie Reynolds. Tell us, I mean, I'm watching the clock tick down here, but can you tell us a little bit about the auction and and how Debbie made this decision that she was going to part with all of this amazing, amazing Hollywood artifacts? Yeah, I'll try to do that real quick because I know you're out of time, but um, Debbie's been collecting for 60 years, and uh, she had the largest collection in the history of the world of Hollywood costumes and memorabilia, all the way from silent era to today. And she wanted to, she only collected for the people. She only collected with the, with the sole dream of opening a museum or, ha- you know, having a Hollywood motion picture museum um, so that people from around the world could come and, and touch the last remaining things of all these great classic films. No one saw, could see her vision with her and because it would take millions of dollars to do it, but it took millions of dollars to care for it and keep it. So ultimately she had to sell it because we just, I mean, we couldn't house it anymore. It took up, you know, 25,000 square feet of space and had to be air conditioned and, and, you know, it's 60 years. You can imagine what that cost. So, you know, it came to the point where she knew she had to sell it and she, it was, it's been really hard, but she's doing way better because this is our third auction and she's, you know, knows that people are going to be able to love these things. And it has broke every record, every auction that she's had for, you know, how much money it's made when everyone told her that no one would really care about those old costumes. I guess that it's kind of a sweet revenge for her. Nothing like proving people wrong. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, she's an amazing woman, and I'm proud that she's my mother-in-law because she's um, very special, and I just love her so much. And the auction starts tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock, and you can watch it online and even bid online and go to look at the catalog at profilesinhistory.com. Um, and we'll be there for the next two days. I drive back to Las Vegas at, six, at Los Angeles from Vegas at six o'clock tomorrow morning, so I'll be there in time for the opening of it. So we have about thirty seconds for this one, but I thought this is a great way to end the show. We, of course, know that Barbara Walters has retired today from her regular television appearances, and in honor of some of her famous questions, Cat, I have one for you. Right okay. now, I am blank. How would you fill in that blank? Right now, I am. Content, joyful. I mean, it's just I. You know that word. I'm. I am. I am full. You know. I just. I've worked a lot hard. You know, a lot. I've gone through a lot to get here, and and everybody does. But but um, and and every day is not like, a, you know, a perfect day. But it's perfect for me because I get up and I breathe and everything works and I'm happy. And and it's possible for everybody to have that. It's absolutely possible. So, come and get it. Catherine Hickman, thank you so much for taking time out to chat with me today. 
I'm proud of you to have this show for this long. I know what it takes, and I'm very proud of you, Dan Kroll. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's it's a joy. I mean, this this brings me happiness as well. But yep. I'm getting yep. the red light, so I need to unfortunately so you need go. To get going. Okay. All right, well, everybody. God bless you and everybody out there, and I hope we get to do this again. It'll be real fun. I do, too. Maybe we'll do a live show in person. But, everybody, we are out of time for this week. I want to thank all of my guests this week. If you'd like more information about anything that we talked about on today's show, whether it be Acting Dead or Cats, Get Your Fire Back seminar, head over to our official Twitter feed at Soap Central or go to our official website, SoapCentralLive.com. While you're there, you can listen to any episode of Soap Central Live that we've ever broadcast since going back to January 2010. Again, that's at SoapCentralLive.com. Our next show is Friday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Until then, I'm Dan Kroll, getting the red flashing light, telling me I'm out of time on this continuing saga we call Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.